What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Along the Keel, a podcast dedicated to brands, organizations, and companies that are built outside. Because really, there is no other place that you should be than in the outdoors, whether it's on the ocean, in the desert, on the mountains, what have you. As long as you're outside, it seems like a good place to be. And in today's episode, I talk with someone who definitely spends her days in the outdoors and on the water, Carly Stewart of Sea Cows, Maine. Carly is a true Mainer through and through, growing up in Long Island, Maine, and grew up in a fishing family. So when she got that nine to five job after going away from college, it was really no surprise that, you know, it didn't work out. And she moved back, decided that she was going to create Sea Cows, Maine, a one-stop shop dedicated to the fishing community, but specializing in graphic design, final creation, boat lettering, and much, much more. It was really great being able to talk with Carly. She's such a creative person, and despite being in a global pandemic, she jumped headfirst and created Sea Cows, Maine. So it's a really great story. I hope you stick around, and be sure to stick around towards the end for some announcements. If you want, show your support for our Facebook page, Instagram. Also, you can go onto our website and sign up for a newsletter. And before I get away and start rambling on, enjoy the show, and we'll see you at the end. So kind of last winter when things started slowing down because of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, I feel like I need to do something. And all winter, I guess earlier on, I was like, I really want to start my own business. I have no idea what I want to do. Um, and it was just kind of this, this on and off battle of my head on if I kind of wanted to like take the leap and do something. Right. And with the pandemic, it was kind of just like all or nothing. And I was like, why not just start this business? And I kind of had this idea in the back of my mind, but it was something that I never thought I could make happen, mm-hmm. I guess, just cause I didn't have the time to do it. And I was like, oh, I just graduated college. How do I start my own business? Right. So It was a little nerve wracking, um, but it just, it kind of started when I was probably 15, 16 years old and I started hand painting letters on like my dad's boat, on my brother's boat, on my uncle's boat. And just because my whole family's a bunch of fishermen. So I kind of had the opportunity to start everything there. Right. Now let's back up just a little bit. So you're, you're, you got, you, you grew up in Maine, right? So, right. Living in Maine is definitely it's more of a lifestyle in in a lot of respects. You know, I've spoken with the folks over at Rugged Seas, who which you know, right? Nicole and Taylor, who right? Are great. Yep. Um, and then Mike and his wife at Stern Lines. So <clears throat> it seems to me like there's this theme of fishing in Maine, like it's it's built into the culture. So growing up, were you like how do you think that culture really kind of you know morphed you into who you are today? You know, working and being around a fishing family. Right. So I feel like that culture kind of just like pulled me into it like it does everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, It was something that I always just kind of loved being around. And it was something that I never really wanted to leave. Um, Even though I didn't really want to be a lobsterman myself, I didn't really want to go out like offshore scalloping. I didn't really want to do anything like that. But just because I had the passion for the ocean and I grew up on like a small island in Maine. Mm -hmm. What island did you grow up on? So Long Island, it's oh, in Casco Bay. Yep, yep. So I just wanted to kind of stick to my roots and just kind of like stick in an industry and kind of live my life within an industry that kind of grew me. 
Right, right. And almost like not directly in it, but kind of on the outside in the outskirts looking in and providing a service. Right. I guess kind of where it started before that was I always just painted pictures of boats. Okay. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, the boat, the boat painter or the that's boat awesome. painter lady. <laughs> so that's kind of where it started just within kind of like my friend group. They're always like, why are you always painting boats? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, mo- well, most girls are, you know, out and worried about their nails. You're over here painting boats. That's awesome. Right. And so now um, in your family, you were known as the boat painter. This was a thing. Yes very and what like I'm, I'm assuming lobster boats and fishing boats and you know what you saw up in Maine right right so mostly just fishing boats not so much like yachts and kind of joy boats right yep the the true work boat if to, yes. so to speak gotcha that's awesome so you said you went to college and then after college now we're going into all right what are we going to do after what'd you go to college for and, and where so I went to school in Indiana just to kind of get a change of scenery and see how I felt about something different than here. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to school for communications and PR and kind of marketing stuff. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I always said that I kind of wanted to go directly into that field. And it was something that I tried just kind of like office jobs and like different internships that I had in college and nothing really like, I guess, caught my attention for longer than like a week. Right. Why so that is? I, just because I feel like I, I constantly have to be busy or kind of like yeah. doing something out of the norm. Yep. So I guess, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. I feel like especially in Maine, because the culture here is very different, especially within the fishing community. Um, but I mean, it was just, I, I tried <laughs> and it felt like kind of just like trying and trying within that field. Right. Like specifically like PR and such. It was just not a perfect fit for me. But I feel like I was able to kind of take that and take everything that I learned from that and kind of morph it into something that I could use within my own business. I feel like a lot of people out there, too, they don't really, I guess, understand what it's like to grow up on it. And when I was out there, I was like, oh, my gosh, I need I need to get back home. Like I need I need. And it was kind of this like anxiety feeling of like, (laughs) I know, that. like, where's where's my lake? Where's my water? Like I need like something. But it just I mean, even visiting lakes and like rivers and things like that, it was just never the same feeling. Um, and I think it's just, I mean, it's, it's like having salt in your blood, you know, I loved being around the ocean and that was something that always, I always came back to it. So, but I think just kind of growing up in a fishing family, like you really learn from a young age, what hard work is and just kind of like sticking to things and just kind of like, I don't know, just really learning what it is to like bust your butt in something that you're doing and also love what you're doing at the same time. And one thing that I always just like admired about my dad was he always loved what he was doing. And it was like very apparent. I could tell like this man is never meant to do anything but fish. And like that, that's his calling. Mm -hmm. And it was just something that I really admired. And I was like, wow. But it feels like everyone within that industry and everyone that's within, I guess, ocean industries in general kind of has that same, that same kind of aura about them within their job. Well, I think you're right. You know, in the fishing industry, from every fisherman that I've spoken to, there's that, you know, there's that, that salt in their blood, right? That need to be out on the water. Yeah. And if they're not, it's like this anxiety attack is about to happen, right? Um, yeah, but, definitely. But you mentioned, you know, really busting your butt and, you know, the, the grind of fishing because, you know, a lot of times me being, being a, a captain by trade, you know, it's, it's oftentimes romantic. 
as to, oh, yeah. the high seas, oh, it's beautiful. And, and it is. And trust me, the ocean has done so many things for me, and I'm sure it's done so many things for you. But there is that sense of we're not just floating on a boat, you know, fishing, hauling traps. Like, this is hard work. So how do you think right. that hard work is really translated into, you know, what where you've started and where you are with sea cows? Because it, it takes a lot to really drum up business and, and be constantly busy, right? Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the hard work just kind of comes from, I guess, kind of seeing what my family did and kind of learning from tourists or my friends that weren't from Maine, just Mm kind of seeing, I guess, how hard the fishing industry is. Like, Mm -hmm. I guess how, how much effort and how much patience and how much love goes into the work that mostly those guys and some of those women are doing. And I think that that kind of inspired me to really you know, get going. And that's something that I've kind of learned as I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe I'll have a couple jobs here and there, mostly like friends and family and things won't be like crazy. Um, and then it was kind of within the first month of starting everything, everyone was like, Hey, 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 I heard this, or I heard that. And the industry is so like close knit in general. So I think a lot of it is just kind of spread through word of mouth. And that really kind of helped me, I guess, kick myself in the butt and be like, all right, we're going to, we're going to grind as hard as these guys do. Right. And like you said, there's so much hard work that goes into it, but at the same time, it's one that is so interconnected, right. Within the community. And, you know, hearing from what I'm hearing from you, like your family has this true love of the industry and it's always something that your family is going to do, you know, rain or shine, good weather, bad weather, you know, maybe the fish stocks are down, maybe they're not the, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into the fishing industry, like quotas and, you know, all these different regulations and not a lot of people realize, but the United States is one of the most heavily regulated fisheries on the planet. And that's why we have some of the most, you know, abundant fishing, here on the, especially in the Northeast, but here in the United States, right? And you see a lot of other countries that, who don't have as much regulation, who just kind of go about, you know, just stripping the ocean of all the fish and uh, it shows, right? So I think that level of that hard work and mixed in with the, the stringent structure of how the fishing industry is really kind of it makes a fisherman a very unique individual and someone who is just persistent, right? Who who just doesn't stop and Definitely, is like, yeah. all right, bad weather, going fishing. Good weather, going fishing. You know, my quota just got cut. We're still going fishing. Like, it just doesn't matter, you know? And even as a captain, right. like, you show up on the boat and, you know, the engine isn't running. It's like, all right, why is it not running? Oh, we got to, you know, the, the one of the belts broke. Okay, great. Change the belt. We're going. Like, there's this constant need of, just keep pushing, keep pushing, being persistent and persevering. And I'm hearing that from you and and how you started from when you were 15 to where you are now. So let's kind of go through, like, how did you even come up with, so you graduate college, how did you even come up with, all right, I'm going to start this, right? That feeling of, I don't have a job right now. So why don't I just make a job? Because that's a very special thing to have as a person, right? You're not just, well, I'm going to go get that nine to five and I'm going to get my salary and and maybe some benefits because that doesn't exist, right, at CCAL's decals right now, right? right? Yeah, exactly. So walk me through like that first initial, you know, jump as to how you got started. Like how do you print the vinyl? How do you go about drumming up business? How does this even go, go about? Right. 
Well, I guess to kind of start everything, I kept saying to my family, I was like, hey, I kind of want to buy a vinyl cutter. And like, I don't really know what that is, Carly, but yeah, sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, vinyl <laughs> so cutter, it, Christmas time. <laughs> you're like, yeah, like, Merry Christmas. Merry Just Christmas. Kidding, but um, <laughs> they were like, well, I, if that's something that you want to do, I definitely think you could do it. And my dad was always like, uh, yeah, because I'm going to get free lettering. Yeah, exactly. Dad's like, <laughs> this sure. Is perfect. So, I mean, and same with, I mean, my grandfather, my uncle, and my brother, and everyone. And my brother was kind of like, well, why didn't you just buy this like a while ago? Right. right. <laughs> and it was just kind of this like, oh, why didn't you think of this before? Um, and <laughs> you mean I could have been getting decals this whole time, Carly? What the right, heck? Exactly. He's like, instead, you spent two days painting this. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, it was something that I just kind of I kept tossing around in my head and I was like, yeah, maybe I'll do it. And it just it went on like a few weeks and I was just like, yeah, no. Yeah, no. And I was like. I'm bartending right now, you know, I'm busy where I'm working currently, mm-hmm. but it was obviously right as everything was kind of like shutting down and everyone was like really unsure of what was going on. And I just, I was sitting on my laptop one night and I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm going to buy it and let's just, you know, see let's how see this what goes. That's awesome. Exactly. So it was, it was just kind of this, like this thought that I had for a little bit, but it was more of like a finally, like, you know, let's just send it and do it. Right. So. But just kind of like going through the learning process of it, it was kind of, it was, it was tough at first, um, just kind of setting up the programming and setting up the the cutter in general, mm-hmm. and then buying all the material that I needed and kind of learning what material was good and what was kind of like, meh. Right. And just really, there was just many different things that kind of went into it. And I was like, wow, this is, this is kind of overwhelming, but it was something that I just, I really just grinded through. And it was like a few really like realistically 90 hour weeks of like, you know, I'm just, I'm going to learn all this. And it was like staying up all night. And I just, I couldn't shut my brain off. Like there was nothing that was going to stop me from figuring this out. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I was kind of like, Oh wow, this is like, this is kind of serious to me. And it wasn't something that was like, Oh, I can just do this for, you know, a few people. Um, and then it was, it was right before I think the lobstermen's it's kind of like the fisherman's forum that they have every year. Uh Oh yeah, yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. I believe that Rugged Seas actually talked to you about that as well. Yep. Um, but it's a lot of a lot of lobstermen, so the Maine Lobstermen's Association kind of throws it. Um, but I I got business cards already, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna bring these up, and I'm gonna see what happens. And so I just kind of spent all weekend passing those out and just kind of like chatting with people, um, letting them know that like I bought the equipment. And like obviously, I was still starting out and had a lot to learn, but right. I was happy to you know, get some stickers on their boat if they needed. Um, and so I think that's kind of what I guess got the ball rolling was that that weekend before everything really shut down. Mm. So it was, you know, a great timing on your part. And, and it's funny to see, you know, where everyone else is kind of in this state of, Oh my God, like what's going to happen. You are in the same state of, Oh my God, what's going to happen but in a completely different perspective, yeah. you know, here you are like, uh, I, I'm, we're going to make a run at this. Like, who knows? Am I going to get a customer? I don't know. Maybe. And yet everyone else is like, well, crap, my business might take a huge hit because of COVID. But meanwhile, you're over here like, you know, right. what? COVID-19 screw you. We're going to start anyway. Right. And you know, you mentioned, yeah, exactly. And, but I think that's such a great attitude. And there was a, a gentleman who I had on the show, Hugh Mitchell, who was, um, 
I don't know if you were able to tune into that episode, but it's a great episode. And I did actually. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it, he was a great guy, and he had a very similar story to you. So that's why I found your story very intriguing because, you know, here you guys are like showing so much resilience within COVID-19. And, you know, he lost his, he lost his job perspective that was coming up, you know, come the, after graduated college. And here he is like, well, I can't find a job. I guess I'm just going to go make one. And that's what he did. So you mentioned, you know, how it was very overwhelming to kind of get this started up, right? Was there anything that kind of stuck out to you? Definitely you know, that moment where, oh no, like I can't get the printer to turn on. Right. Or why is it not cutting right? Like there's gotta be that, there's gotta be a few things that were just really frustrating that eventually you were able to overcome. Yeah. So I guess when I was setting up the, I have, so I have a a foot wide printer and then I also have one that's like two feet wide. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing the the bigger one, that was just kind of like intimidating in general. So I think I kind (laughs) of, I set myself up to kind of be like, oh, I really have no idea what I'm doing here. Um, And it just, it took me calling a lot of, I guess, customer support numbers. (laughs) And I was like, hey, I like, I really can't get this thing to work. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like I followed like the step-by-step programming. Like I just, I really have no idea. And I'm I'm pretty good with tech stuff. So I was like, kind of giving myself a pat on the back before, kind of a little overconfident over setting everything up. Um, and I think when I didn't get this one, I was like, just, you know, swearing and frustrated. And it was just, I mean, obviously late at night, because why wouldn't you do it any other time? Right, of course. So burning the it, candle at both <laughs> ends, you know, why not? Right, exactly. So it was just, I mean, that was like a solid, I think, day of getting things set up. And it was just like me super frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, calling my dad and like my boyfriend calling everyone being like, I just, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> or like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Or like, did I make a mistake? Like things like that. Just cause I mean, the initial frustration of that kind of led me to spiral out a little bit. But after I got that figured out, I was, I was much better. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure after you got it figured out, you were just like the sigh of relief. Like, all right, now we can get going. Right. It's like yeah, getting it, this set up is just super <laughs> frustrating, but at some point it's going to, it's going to get, it's going to happen. Right. Eventually. Um, right. so, you know, you go up to the main lobster association, you start handing out business cards. And at what point were you like, all right, well, first customer, you know, and, and who was that first customer and what did they, you know, what was the boat? Yeah. So definitely my, my dad and my brother, well, I guess my brother, didn't do much to his boat this year but so my dad and my grandfather mm-hmm. were the two that were just like kind of like on me about it because they were like really excited about the whole thing right um but they they were the two boats that I really focused on first um just so I could be like hey if I mess this up then I can redo this like right you know, we, we can mess up grandpa's boat. And not really be <laughs> right I know but he he would not be too thrilled with <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it was just kind of like a learning process through their boats and it was I did something kind of different with my grandfather's boat that was a little more like intricate. Okay. And then my dad's lettering is more simple. So I think doing those two first and just like literally going through, I think it was like four rolls of vinyl just to really figure it out. Nice. Um, it just, I mean, it really, it kind of set the tone for everything else. And I wasn't really familiar, obviously not familiar with the whole process of kind of like layering colors and like getting things put together and using like the transfer tape that helps you like apply things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, it was just kind of like, you know, a lot of like turn and burn, like wasting a lot of material at first because I was like, I, d- I just don't really know, you know what I'm doing or there'd be a rip in something or something wouldn't cut fully or 
Yeah, there's this learning curve that's involved with but, doing what you're doing. When you first started, right, you start doing dad, you start doing grandfathers. And at what point were you like getting other customers that you didn't even know, you know, like they were just calling you and, and you were like, wow, this is actually taking off. Like, holy crap. And, and there must have been this feeling of, yeah, this is this is working, you know. Right. So it it was mostly social media, actually. I got a few phone calls and some emails, but mostly everything was Instagram and Facebook, which is actually very surprising because I feel like a lot of kind of the fishing industries do kind of stay more offline. But I feel like Facebook was like a really great platform for that, which was kind of cool to see social media work after learning about it for so many years in college. Um, But it was just like these random Facebook messages and not on my personal account, but on the business account. Mm -hmm. And so just getting just random people reaching out. And I was like, Oh, like, how, how did you hear about me? And they're like, Oh, like a friend of a friend or, you know, my grandfather or my family member that's in the fishing industry. And it just, it just kind of kept rolling, which right. was crazy. And it was just, it felt like every day there was someone else reaching out. And like every week it was like, you know, at least 15 more people Wow, that's reaching awesome. out for things. Yeah. So it was just, I mean, it was one thing after the other. And I was like, it was, it took a lot to, I guess, figure out how to schedule everything and really get, get myself situated in the whole, you know, the, pr- the process of getting everything going right. for each customer is like very, I guess, intricate. Mm-hmm. You have to talk to them, see what they want, kind of go through many different proofs until we figure out exactly what looks perfect for them and then get everything printed and then assembled. And then actually the doing the application process. Right. Right. Well, you so, know, I've, you know, I've explored your Instagram, you know, quite a bit and, you know, all the stuff that you do, like you can tell you put a lot of effort into it and a lot of, you know, you focus on quality and, and not just, you know, throwing a, throwing some letters onto a, a sheet of vinyl and, and stick it on someone's boat. Like you really take the time and it shows. And, and I think it's, you know, it's awesome what you're doing, especially with your connection towards the, the fishing industry. Now you right. mentioned that your grandfather has a boat, your dad has a boat, uh, your boyfriend, like how, is your entire family in the fishing industry? Yes, literally all of them. <laughs> literally all of them. So, so, so what does mom do? Does she does she have her own boat as well? So she's actually a scientist and she lives in Indiana now. So she was in Maine when I was growing up. And when I finally graduated high school, I'm the youngest. So okay. when I finally graduated, she was like, you know, I think I'm going to go back out that way. She had pretty much her whole family out there. Yep. So she had moved out and I obviously take trips out there you right. know, all the time. But she, I mean, she always loved being in Maine and loved the ocean and kind of like the different scenery, but it was kind of for her, she, she loved flatlands and she loved farming and she loved fields and corn and everything. So, I mean, it's just, that kind of really showed me, I guess, where you're raised really affects kind of what you want to do and where you want to be later on. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, like people tend to write the United States off a little bit as to, you know, especially in the Midwest, in the Western states, you know, when you're living here on the East Coast, not a lot of people tend to leave the East Coast and take that road trip across the country. And it's, you know, it's amazing how much beauty there is, you know, in Iowa, right? Yeah, or in, or in Idaho, in, in Indiana. And it's crazy because people don't give it the, the light of day to even go explore it. You know, I, I always tell people like some of my favorite states are, you know, Oregon, Idaho, Idaho is one of top five states for me. Um, and people are like, really? I'm like, yeah, of course. She's like, why? It's all potato farms. And they're like, I'm like, 
not even close to potato farms. I mean, yeah, there's potatoes there, but, um, you know, it's funny. Like I'll have, I've had guests come aboard with me and they're from Idaho and I'm like, all right, your secret's safe with me. We don't need to have any more people visiting I- Idaho, right? Cause it's such yeah. a beautiful state. And you know, places like Indiana, they all have their beautiful spots. And I can understand your mom, you know, wanting to go back and, you know, staying in Maine for me would probably be the choice just because I love the ocean. But, um, you know, it's, it's not for everyone, right? There's everyone has their own perspective on it. So, but I do have to ask, so do you do everything soup to nuts, like in terms of the design work that the, I mean, obviously you do, you put all the, the labels on and whatnot, not the labels, the vinyl decals, but you do everything soup to nuts, right? Yes, literally everything. everything. So, I mean, from from the design process to, I mean, I I love that part of it. It's mm-hmm. something that I kind of learned graphic design stuff. And obviously, I was always into painting and being creative. Right. So that's definitely the piece of it that I love doing. Minus the fact that I'm kind of like, you know, vegging out on my couch or like <laughs> literally on my bed doing work. So I right. mean, not being social in that aspect is kind of hard with it, but I love being able to, I guess, kind of stick to being creative and doing my thing. Um, and I think a lot of that did come from my mom too, which was something that I, I failed to mention before mm-hmm. she's in kind of like a sciencey fields, but she always, always, always was doing art when I was growing up. So it was right. one medium or the other, if it was painting or drawing. And I feel like I really, I really got that from her. Um, and I think it's just, I mean, that's, that's a piece of it that I guess comes with it. And I wouldn't want to, I guess, not do the design aspect, even though it is like the most time consuming part of the whole process. Right. I wouldn't pass up, I guess, being able to be creative. Yeah. And what does that process look like? Because I mean, you know, in part, the podcast is a creative medium. And for me starting out, like it was a little bit tough, like to, you know, to find the systems that worked for me and, you know, how I'm going to, you know, make the newsletter and other things like that. But, you know, what does it, what does it look like for you? Like, how do you even start? Yeah. So, I mean, if, if a client comes to me and they're like, oh, I want, I want my boat stickered. Here's the name. If it's like, I don't know. A lot of people have been doing like really creative things, which I think is the most fun, <laughs> like the fun, fun little names and stuff. But what's I one of the ones one of that sticks friends, out to you? My friend Tori actually named his boat on the rocks because he had um, run under some rocks earlier oh, in the no. summer. <laughs> um, and he had That's obviously awesome. hauled it out <laughs> when that happened. Um, so we decided to kind of like take this spin off of. He, he technically, he didn't hit a lighthouse, but he hit like the rocks that were kind of around it. So we just <laughs> kept telling him he hit a lighthouse because why great. would we not do that? Because you got to um, bust his balls about it, right? Right. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> so we decided to do on the rocks and give it kind of, it was like our friend group. We're like, what do we, what do we name this boat? Cause we're naming it for him. Right. So we're all kind of like throwing around these ideas. Just like he wanted to name it like after his dog at one point. And we're like, no, like we need something like that makes fun of you. Like you need something that's good. (laughs) You can't, you can't make your own nickname, right? So you can't name your own boat. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, we picked, we all picked like on the rocks and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do like a country whiskey bar kind of theme to it. Yeah. So I, I found this like awesome font that really matched something that you would see in like Nashville. And then I made in Adobe illustrator, which is what I used to do. Like all the designs. Um, I made this little rocks glass, like a whiskey rocks glass That's with great. like fake little ice cube rocks in it. So they kind of look like what goes outside of a breakwater of a lighthouse right, and then right. a lighthouse like sticking up in the middle 
of the rocks. So that was definitely like my favorite one that I did. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot it of, was a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. And a lot of the stuff that you do is pretty creative, you know, and, um, you know, I've been seeing all these decals of, you know, a proud Maine fishing family and uh, support Maine yeah. lobstermen. And is that just you, you know, making the decals or is that a part of something a little bit bigger? So I actually reached out to the Maine Lobstermen's Association earlier on mm-hmm. in, I guess, probably midsummer, um, just to see if I could do something to help them raise money for the Legal Defense Fund, which is an issue going on in the lobster industry right now, um, just with the right whales and things like that. Right. They have a lot of information on their website, probably speaking of it better than I could. But I, my dad's actually on the board of directors, mm-hmm. so it's something that I grew up hearing, like, oh, the MLA, the MLA, the MLA. Right, right. So it's something that, and obviously the the Fisherman's Forum, they run everything up there. So I just, I kind of wanted to do something to give back to them, but also be able to kind of donate to the fund in my own way. Mm-hmm. So I decided to create these three different stickers. So there's just the the lobster, the proud Maine fishing family, and then the I support Maine lobstermen. So I created all of those kind of with the same lobster design in the middle mm-hmm. um, to donate half the proceeds to the Legal Defense Fund. That's awesome. So, and that actually like crazy took off and it was all through social media, which was really just kind of fun to see like how that how that all really worked, the marketing aspect of that and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's been just kind of like a that's been the first kind of like pro bono fun project that I've done. Um and it's obviously like the the other half of the cost cover the materials and everything and the time it takes to literally pull apart every single piece of it. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's been. It's been fun doing that, though. I bet. And it's cool to be able to see it because, I mean, I follow a lot of, you know, the people up in Maine who I work with. And um, it's been cool to see your decals all over the place. And that's kind of how I found you. I just was like. Huh. Right. What is it, who made this decal and, and what's the story behind it? So it's really cool to see that take off. And I'm sure it, it's something that's like, oh, man, you have a lot of pride behind. Hey, I made that like that's me on, yeah. on this guy's boat or on this gal's boat. And just to be a part of something a little bit bigger. Right. Yeah, definitely. And it was it was a lot of fun because through Instagram and Facebook, people would like send me messages and be like, hey, I just got this in the mail. Like, thank you so much. That's awesome. And then I'd be like, oh, my gosh, can I share this? Like, would you be OK with that? And they're like, yeah, of course. Right. So it was it was really cool, though, because I this woman actually reached out to me on Facebook from Massachusetts and I was kind of trying to figure out how she was involved in the fishing community. Mm-hmm. And I think it just had to do with like friends or family that she knew that were in it. But she would like fell in love with the lobster decal. Right. And so she ordered, I think, a couple of them and then put them on like little things to frame. So I thought that was like so awesome. And it's just it's really cool to see the impact of just like a small I just call them stickers because I mean it's just it's more casual than saying decals right right decal <laughs> sounds I'm a little just bit like, more it's fun fancy. to see kind of like where right definitely <laughs> but I'm like it's fun to see kind of where all of the decals and stickers are going yeah. and just kind of seeing what people are doing with them and just like how people can be creative with them on their own so that's definitely been like one of my favorite aspects of doing this little project too oh I'm sure and I'm sure there's been a lot of different aspects of just starting this whole little company that you got here that you've kind of learned from and has there been an experience that you've that kind of sticks out to you or maybe a conversation you had with someone or you know something that just kind of nails it home for you as to why you're doing this because I mean there's got to be a why behind you know you wanting to really make a name for yourself in the industry but not necessarily out fishing on a boat but you're you're giving back right there's there's a support for it that you're that you're having yeah I think 
a lot of conversations with my brother really kind of like pushed me to do it. Mm. And I think just like even, I mean, he's like a pretty casual person to talk to. So it's just kind of easy to talk to him about a lot of things. Right. But I just kind of starting everything. I was like, I guess like, I don't, I don't know if I fully want to like do this or like, is this going to be the time thing eventually? Or is this going to be, you know, like how is this going to work out? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think, just my family and him and everyone just kind of like supporting me and being like, you can do this. And like, this is something that like, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And I think my dad and my brother have both kind of always been in that mindset of like, you know what, like if you work hard enough, something's going to happen and you know, it's going to, it's going to work for you if you put in the work. Right. And I definitely think that they both really like demonstrated that through what they do too. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, kind of seeing my brother grow from just doing lobstering and being someone's stern man and then just hauling his few traps when he was like under 18 and then just kind of growing and going to a tech school to kind of stay in like the whole like marine mechanic world. Um, and then coming back and just being like, you know what? No, I love fishing. I'm going to do this. And then, you know, buying his first like bigger boat and then buying his second bigger boat and doing scalloping as well. So lobstering and scalloping and just kind of like doing whatever he can to like, stay within a world that means so much to him right kind of inspired me to you know do the same and I definitely I definitely think I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world being in you know within that industry and kind of being on yes the outskirts of it but being able to like work on these boats and being one of the final last steps before somebody like goes back in the water mm-hmm. you know I'm kind of it's kind of the face doing this doing these projects they're kind of like being the face of a boat because you know the name Right. Having something like more creative on it rather than just paint. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and your and your your work is a representation of the guys that are, you know, out there every single day, rain or shine. You know, good weather, bad weather. You know, hauling traps, scalloping, long lining, what have you. I mean, I'm sure you've done a variety of boats. I mean, I've even saw I saw a tugboat. It looked like a push boat, on your Instagram recently. Yes. And um, you know, it's it's very cool to be able to have that final representation of you know what that what their boat stands for and and it really it drives home to you know the representation of them being able to you know provide food for their family and provide food for you know the united states you know if you really want to get you know deep with it but you know i think it's super cool what you're doing and um you know i guess you know kind of capping it off like what do you think you know fishing in the industry and i guess the ocean in general like what does it mean to you? Cause I know for me, you know, it's being able to persevere and have patience and, and really grow as a human being, but you know, that's not, it's not everyone's perspective. So what's kind of your take on what you're doing and how it really connects you to the water? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely, like I said before, kind of being creative is definitely the piece that really like draws me to it. And obviously being able to, you know, be on boats and just, just kind of like do my job that way and a lot of the times it's I've done a few boats that have been in the water and mm-hmm. that's something that I'm like oh this is like a lot more challenging than if something's obviously on stilts like out in a boat yard but you know being out there and being able to like kind of go on these like adventures every day right um just kind of like down the coast and like different boat yards and stuff that's something that like means the world to me because it's not it's not like an average nine to five and it's not something that you're just sitting in one place doing like I'm, I'm up and about and I was up and about all summer, just running, running everywhere. If it was to like a different Island by boat, or if it was like 
down the or up the coast to Harpswell in my car or if it was, you know, just anywhere. Yeah. And that was kind of the best part about it. And it was like, I guess, kind of getting everything ready and just organizing myself and then, you know, getting in the car and driving and then realizing later that afternoon I'm gonna have to go get on a boat and go to Shabik or I'm gonna right. have to go do this or that so it was I mean that definitely is just like my favorite part because I feel like I'm keeping busy and I'm you know making somewhat of an impact in an industry that impacted me so strongly and just being able to like help people out and you know just doing that creative that creative aspect that a lot of fishermen are like, Oh, I don't have the patience to do this, mm-hmm. but like, I want this, you know, or I right. want to be able to like see my boat like this. So. Yeah. And having that sense of pride, that's right? Definitely. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Carly, you know, it was a real pleasure being able to, you know, chit chat with you and, and learn all about sea cows and, and just you as a person and, and, you know, kind of be able to help tell the story of, you know, how it all started. So where can people get in touch? Like, how can they find you? How can they order a decal? How can they or, you know, as you say, a sticker? Um, how can, you know, people find more about more about you? Right. So definitely social media. I'm mm-hmm. pretty big on Instagram just because I feel like I'm on it mostly, mostly every day. And same with Facebook. Yep. Um, I don't, I'm kind of in the works of getting a website set up right now, Okay. but just because everything's been so busy through social media as is, it's kind of like one of those things I'm taking my time on Sure. just so I know that everything's kind of like in place. Right. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely social media is, I mean, my phone number's tagged within all of, all of my social media, just in case somebody does need to call me and really explain something if they have kind of an in-depth project but yeah it definitely social media is kind of where it's at right now great yeah well again carly real pleasure to speak with you thank you so much for taking the time to sit with me and and chat and uh we'll we'll you know hopefully stay in touch and see you in the future yeah definitely thank you so much for having me on yeah thanks carly Thank you guys for tuning in to yet another episode of Along the Keel. It's a real pleasure being able to bring you the stories of these brands, people, and organizations. It's been a real pleasure. So 37 episodes in, I still want to thank you and show that I care about your support. It, It means a lot. So with that, please head on over to our Instagram page, our Facebook page. Give us a like, shoot us a follow. Also, you can sign up for our newsletter. Newsletter gets exclusive content first. There are some great articles that we've been writing in-house all about other people that are out there that may not have a business or a brand per se, but they're making waves. And that's the name of it. It's called Making Waves. You can find the latest articles on our website, www.alongthekill.com, and you go to the journal section to check them out. And with that, I hope you guys work hard, do good, be incredible, and have a great day.